a message from one of our Sunday celebrations. And you can find out more about Jubilee by visiting our website at www.jubilee.org.uk. Okay, if you've got your Bibles with you, can you turn with me to the book of 1 Peter? We're working our way through 1 Peter, and uh, we paused last Sunday briefly for our guest service. We had uh, Dave Rigby with us, and uh, we spent some time looking at healing and praying for the sick, which was a great morning. And uh, as let me say as an aside, if you were prayed for last week, and you feel God did something in you, you are healed physically, or there's a noticeable improvement in your condition, can you come and tell me today? Please, I'd love to give some feedback to him, and it'd be good for us to know what God's doing. I know we prayed for a whole number of people, and I'd love to have some feedback as to what God's been doing amongst us. So, this is an aside. Please come and let me know, or drop me an email in the week. I'd, I'd love to hear that. Um, but we're back now uh, in, uh, in 1 Peter. And we're in 1 Peter chapter 2, and we'll read a few verses and I'll explain what we're going to do this morning. 1 Peter 2, we'll read from verse 4. As you come to him, the living stone, rejected by men but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood offering spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For in Scripture it says, See, I lay a stone in Zion, a chosen and precious cornerstone, and the one who trusts in him will never be put to shame. Now to you who believe, this stone is precious. But to those who do not believe, the stone, has, the, stone the builders rejected has become the capstone, and the stone that causes men to stumble and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the message, which is also what they were destined for. But you, but you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Dear friends, I urge you as aliens and strangers in the world to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. Let's pray together. Father, we thank you for your presence with us. We thank you for... Speaking to us already this morning, and we pray now as we spend a few moments looking at this passage together. I pray, Holy Spirit, come and speak to us, please. I pray, Lord, would you come and illuminate your word to us? Would you speak to our hearts? Uh, Would we engage with you as we look at your word together? Would we meet with you? We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, we've spent a couple of weeks already looking at this passage. And uh, what I want to do this morning is just to finish that off before we get into the uh, next passage from um, verse 13 in chapter 2. 
I want just to round off a few things that we've looked at over the last couple of weeks when we've been looking at this passage. So we don't have long this morning, so it's not going to be a long preach. I want you to summarise a few things and to recap some of the passage and just bring a conclusion to it before we move on. And the reason I wanted to do that, and the reason that I, I felt that was important, is because it's such a key subject to us. Peter, as you know, is writing to a number of churches and he's giving them some key information about what God is doing amongst them and how they should live. And um, I've headed this preach as the last couple of sessions as well called Building a House for God. And uh, this is the third and the final part of that, Building a House for God. You see, it's it's key to us as we gather together as his church, and it is his church. So Jesus uh, is building a house. God is is building a house. And he's using you and me in the process. And it's a wonderful privilege we have. But let's face it, God could do it better, quicker, more efficiently, and uh, by any other marker you chose to use, if arguably he didn't use us. Because most of the time we just get in the way. Or is that just me? Give me some feedback now. (laughs) But actually God has chosen to use us. And he's chosen to work with us. Jesus is the one building his church. We're just giving him something to work with. And so the question for us is, what are we giving him? And how is that going? You see, building a house (laughs) for God, building that place where God dwells, well now you and I are the place where God dwells, in the Old Testament it was the temple that's where God hung out whereas now God dwells in us by his spirit and he he uses us as like living stones to be built together to make this glorious house this house that he's building So, so Jesus is the master builder, let's be clear about that we get to be used in it he's using us in the process so we asked the question didn't we what sort of stone are you if you are living stone what sort of stone are you you see it doesn't matter whether you're a little one or a big one or whether you're perfectly formed or have got a strange shape about you and some interesting angles on the stone or whether you've got a few rough edges that God needs to deal with whether there's some blemishes there uh, that need to be healed perhaps, or uh, whether there's some holes that God needs to fill in. Actually, it's not about that. It's about whether you're giving yourself to him, saying, use me, Lord. You know, I might not be a perfect stone, but hey, can you use me in this building that you're, you're building? Can you use me to glorify Jesus? And he says that to each of us. And so the challenge to us is, Are we giving ourselves to him? Are we making ourselves available? Are we letting God use us in his building? Ephesians 2, 22, Paul says, In him you two are being built together to become a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. So last time when we looked at this passage together, we asked the question, what sort of house is God building here? What sort of church is God building here? What sort of church do we want Jubilee to be? What sort of church is Jubilee now and is it becoming? 
And to answer those questions, we've got some core purposes that really everything else is built around. I'm not talking so much about what our vision is. That might be some numbers we stick on the board and say, well, we feel God challenging us to go for this next in terms of our membership, for example, or seeing people saved or different things like that. Some, some categories we could stick on the board and say, let's pray for that. Let's ask God for that. Let's, let's go for that as a target. And we'll probably be doing some of that in the coming weeks uh, ahead. But I'm not talking about that so much. I'm not necessarily talking about our values, which will be things like uh, <clears throat> loving God and being, being filled by his Holy Spirit, uh, just the way that we minister to one another, uh, allowing space for the Holy Spirit to be in our meetings. I'm not necessarily talking about a whole list of values, because there will be quite a lot. And a quick plug for the membership day would be, if you're not sure what they are, come and find out on the 28th of Feb. But these core purposes are pretty much what everything else hangs off. A bit like a coat hook, you might imagine. Everything, everything hangs off it. Often it doesn't in our porch, it's just on the floor. But it should hang off, a coat should hang off a coat hook, shouldn't they? Well, these core purposes, if you like, are what everything hangs off for us as a church. So if you've been around Jubilee a while, you may have heard me speak about this before. If you're new, this might be new to you. Either way, they're important to us. And everything we do hangs off these things. Loving God. Loving one another. Loving those that don't know Jesus yet. Reaching the nations for Jesus. So they're our core purposes. That, that's what everything else is, is built around. And uh, I don't want to necessarily go in and preach on every one of those this morning. That's a, really a whole series in itself. And we'll probably come back to that a little bit later in the year. But let's make sure that we know those things and keep reminding ourselves of them. Really, everything that we do should be tied into one of those things. Loving God. What have we just been doing for the last hours? We've been adoring Jesus and singing love songs to him and praising. We've been loving God. And it's wonderful to do that together. And the Bible encourages us to come together. Uh, the writer to the Hebrews, in fact, puts it as specifically as don't give up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing. They were then, they are now. Don't give up meeting together, is what we're told. And one of the things that we're meant to do when we come together is worship Jesus. There is a wonderful dynamic, isn't there? As we come together, those who love Jesus and others who may be thinking, I'm going to go and find out what this church lock is all about and who this Jesus is. There's a wonderful dynamic as we do that and as we bless God and thank him for his presence and thank him for his wonderful love. And as we worship together, it's different to just how you worship at home, isn't it? I'm not just saying the volume's different or the quality of the music's different or if, you know, you might think, oh, I don't hear so much of my out-of-tune voice. There's just a different dynamic, isn't there? But listen, loving God on your own is important too. Maybe in the car. Maybe out walking the dog. Maybe doing the ironing. Whatever it is for you, whatever time that you put aside for it, Maybe it's just you focusing on Jesus and nothing else. Maybe you're sticking a worship CD on as you do another task. Loving God is central to who we are, isn't it? As individuals, as those who love and follow Jesus, 
But guys, it's, it's central to us as a church as well. One of our, our core purposes, loving God. So get satisfied in God. Enjoy worshipping him. Enjoy delighting in him. Do you delight in God? That's a quiet place, just, just you and him. Do you delight in him? Let's make sure we're loving God, not just together, but individually as well. And you know what? The more we love God personally and individually, the more wonderful that dynamic will be as we gather together. Because we come together as worshippers. Those who have been meeting with Jesus all week and loving him and loving his presence. Loving one another is the the second one on that list. And um, if you're new to Jubilee or just looking into us, hopefully you will see that there is a love and a concern for one another that is real. And we mean it. We don't just say it. I'm not saying we're perfect. We're not. Please don't think that. I'm certainly not, and we're not together. But we're going for this. This is one of our, our, our core foundation building blocks, loving one another. We're going to work hard at that. And it's not just about <clears throat> on a rotor who's doing this or that, but it's being spontaneous. It's like those spontaneous poems <laughs> that maybe you wrote yesterday. Did you, did you write a poem yesterday? Yeah. Maybe the challenge. You had red roses, oh, that's, that's pretty good. But see, spontaneity is good. Brownie points on the front row here. Be spontaneous with loving one another. As well as being organised in it. Let's make sure, as the book of Acts says, the early church were devoted to one another. Let's make sure we're devoted. Devoted to giving time and care. Devoted to financial care for one another. As well as uh, care, giving people time and so on. And loving those who don't know Jesus yet, guys, it's why we're here. It's what it's, what it's all about. There's a whole city to reach within walking distance, around about a quarter of a million people or thereabouts, most of whom don't know Jesus yet. And you know what? You and I have got a part to play in reaching them. We're not going to do it all on our own. There are other good churches in the city as well, and we love them, respect them, and often work with them. But listen, we've got a part to play as well. And if we don't, the city is poorer for it. And people might not get to hear. So loving those who don't know Jesus yet, it's what we're all about. It's what we're working towards. It's why God has called us to even start Jubilee a few years ago. Why, why plant another church? Because planting churches is a great way of reaching people. And a great way of loving people who don't know Jesus yet. So let's make sure we're doing that. I want to encourage you in your life group. Make sure you're giving opportunity to love people who don't know Jesus yet. Do some social stuff together. Have fun. Have some parties. If you're not in a life group yet, we're having a pancake night on Tuesday. You can come. If you bring some good filling for your pancake. But things like that and inviting other people into it, friends and neighbours, say, look, we're just going to have fun. Come and, come and party with us. It's a great way of loving people who don't know Jesus yet. To so make sure we're welcoming people on a Sunday who may be visiting us and may not know Jesus yet, in fact. And we've got some things coming up where we can reach out as a church as well, where we can serve the city. Things like the Smile Project, we'll be starting in a few weeks' time, working with children with additional needs. A way that we can show 
God's love to people. And then obviously, reaching nations is uh, the final one of those uh, core purposes, if you like. Because God's heart isn't just for us here in this city. It's for the nations. And for the nations to come to Christ. Because we're told, aren't we, right at the end of the book, right at the end of the Bible, we're, we're told that before the throne, there'll be people from every tribe and tongue and nation and people group standing there worshipping Jesus. Well, just at the moment, not every tongue and tribe and nation and people group has got an effective witnessing church in it. So there's still some more work for us to do. Maybe some of you will go. Maybe some of you will go to unreached people groups. But as well as that, there are nations on our doorstep. It's great, isn't it? People want to come to the UK from other places. Hooray! We get a chance to share Jesus with them. What a fantastic privilege. Saves the airfare. You can do it by hopping on a bus, just walking around the corner. So let's be seeking to build a multicultural, vibrant church that represents the wonderful city we live in and gives people an opportunity to hear about God's amazing love for them. That's the sort of church you want to build. And I want to encourage you if you're just looking in thinking, I wonder if this is a place for me, I want to encourage you, come, come and help us. <laughs> come and help us. Come and get stuck in. Come and be part of what God is doing here. You see, Peter says, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. You think he's trying to make a point here? You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, he goes on. Once you weren't a people, but now you are the people of God. See, Peter's writing to some churches here. So often we can read the Bible and personalise it. And that's true sometimes, but let's remember the context here. Peter's writing to a church, or in fact, in his case, a whole number of churches would have received this letter. He's saying, you together are a chosen people. Once you weren't a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. And so it's a wonderful privilege we have of being a people together that belong to God. Don't you think so? Don't you think so? This is who Peter's writing to and he's saying, now you're the people of God. Once you weren't, once you were going your own way, once you weren't formed together, once you were just doing your own thing, but now, but now you are the people of God. But now God has called you together for his purposes. But now God has a reason for building you together into a spiritual house. But now God wants to glorify Jesus through you. That's what he's saying. But now you and I, we're the people of God. We're a holy nation, Peter puts it. No geographic boundaries in God's church. Whole host of languages and just one king on the throne. Jesus. And so your ultimate allegiance now as a Christian is not to your country of residence. Your ultimate allegiance is to Jesus, the king on the throne. 
let me say real quick, doesn't mean you can ignore speed signs. Doesn't mean that you don't have to pay taxes. Jesus said, pay to Caesar what is due to him, due to Caesar. But it does mean our ultimate allegiance is to Jesus. He is the king on the throne. Why? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I cannot read that verse without sort of inside jumping up and down and wanting to worship Jesus. Are any of you jumping up and down inside right now? That you may declare the praises of him who's called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has rescued you out of darkness. Once you weren't a people, but now you're the people of God. And God has rescued you, called you out of darkness, built you together, built us together, building us together, that we may declare the praises of him who has called us out of darkness into his wonderful lights. A few of us went to a regional celebration recently where uh, uh, Jeremy Simpkins was speaking. Some of you would would know him and, and heard him recently. And he got up and said, uh, he's, he's, I'm going to speak tonight on 1 Peter chapter 2. I thought, great, more notes of my series. I have my pen ready there. This is, this is superb. I'm thinking, I must tell the people that were there to look surprised when I bring this. <laughs> but what is interesting, his perspective on it, because his angle, we've, look, we've been looking at how we're going to build, how Jesus is building us together. What's he doing amongst us? Jeremy was looking at how not to build. The reverse. And it was very helpful. He was saying things like, you know, be wary about building on your own achievements or ability, either individually or corporately. Don't just build on what you can do. We must build on a foundation of grace. I love love this phrase. The weakest believer and the strongest saint are equally justified. In Jesus. So whether you'd consider yourself the weakest believer or the strongest saint this morning, you are equally justified and accepted before Jesus. He was saying to be wary of worldly wisdom. Don't just follow what the modern age is doing, but rather we must build churches who believe God, who take steps of faith. Don't you believe that? We need to be taking steps of faith. Not just doing what is reasonable and achievable. And we might think, well, yeah, I think we can just go for that. Actually, God calls us to take steps of faith in building his church. He went on, be careful not to build just on the experience of the Holy Spirit, but rather build on encountering Jesus. It's not about an experience, it's about encountering Jesus, loving him, getting to know him, allowing him to rule and reign in your life to lead you, encountering Jesus. This is a good one. He said, be wary of just building on sound doctrine. You think, oh, isn't it good to build on sound doctrine? Well, yes it is. But our foundation is not a statement of doctrine, it's the person of Jesus Christ. It's true, isn't it? Let's make sure we're building on the person of Jesus. Let's make sure we're encountering him daily as we gather together weekly. That that we might declare the praises of him who has called us 
out of, his wonder, out, of, out of darkness into his wonderful light. So God's plan A, as we wrap up, God's plan A is the church. He doesn't have another option in case this one doesn't work out. It's not that he's got a safe up there in heaven, locked and like, you know, the, the plan B, in case the church mess it up, the safe gets opened and there's, you know, the emergency plans there to be only opened in case the church really make a hash of it. There isn't any plan B. God's plan for reaching his world, for impacting nations with the good news of Jesus Christ, with the opportunity to experience his love and grace demonstrated to people, is the church. That's how he wants to do it. That's how it's all going to happen. God's heart and purposes and plans are all tied up in the church. That means you and me. You and me. God wants to use. So if you're on the edge, I want to urge you, maybe you're, you might describe yourself as watching what's happening. Just like maybe some of you would do this afternoon when Derby County thrashed Man United. Yet again, they're coming back for another humiliation. They're welcome to, they're welcome to come. Some of you will be watching the game on the terraces. Maybe some of you will be watching it on the telly. But you're not on the pitch. You're not in the action. You can shout all you like, but you're not in the game. Maybe some of you are a bit like that in terms of watching what's happening in the church. You're, you know, you're in the terraces. You're there, but you're not actually in the game. And I want to invite you this morning... I want to urge you this morning, get in the game. Because we need you. We can't do this on our own. It's a huge task that God has called us to. And we need everyone to play their part. Everyone to play their part. I think I've said before, it may be that where you are just now, you might think, hey, I just haven't got anything to contribute. Well, you you can contribute your presence, your smile. You're welcome. Maybe you can contribute some time and energy getting involved in serving in our kids' work or in our production team. Bonus points from Dave there. Maybe with our social action projects, with the SMILE project we're starting soon. Maybe something else. So you can give some time and some energy and some enthusiasm to serving God ultimately by helping us in what God has called us to do together. Maybe God has blessed you financially and you have the wonderful privilege of being able to give, you know, way over and above your normal tithe, perhaps, or regular offering, but, you know, God has blessed you so much that you can just live on a little and give a lot. What a wonderful privilege. Maybe God has given some of you the gift of giving this morning. Maybe some of you, God has put in you a a passion for the disadvantaged and you're just waiting for an opportunity to serve them. There's some opportunities coming. Whatever it is, Jesus is building his church and he wants to use you as well as me to do it. So I want to invite you this morning. Come and get in the game. Come and bring your unique gift because each of you have got a unique gift, a unique contribution. Without it, We are the poorer. Without it, you don't get to experience the joy of serving God in community and being part of what he's building. 
as you get involved, you get the wonderful privilege of seeing what God is doing and playing your part in it. There are amazing opportunities opening up for us. I'm so excited about our future. We've come so far, but we haven't got where God wants us to be. It feels like we're just beginning to finish off some foundations and start to build. I'm so looking forward to seeing what God's going to build in the months and years ahead. And we've all got a part to play. Every single one of you. So are you with us? Do you want to be part of this? God is building his house. So let's give him all of our energy, enthusiasm and passion to work with. That he might be glorified in the nations. Amen? The band can come up please. And uh, should we stand? I'm going to pray. And then um, I think it will be great if we sing and worship Jesus together as we finish. We're chosen, aren't we? We're free. We're living for eternity. It's a cue. <laughs> Let's pray together and then we're going to celebrate. Lord Jesus, thank you that you are building your church. Thank you, Lord, that you have chosen to use us in the process. Thank you that we get to play in the game. We don't just have to watch on the terraces, but, Lord, we can be right in the action. And, uh, Lord Jesus, this morning afresh, we want to give you ourselves. We say glorify yourself amongst us. Please use us in building your church. Be glorified in this city. Be glorified in Jubilee. Lord God, that nations may come to you. That we might see men and women from this city and many others around the globe come and know you for the first time. Enter into a relationship with you because of what you're building in this place. Lord, thank you for what you've put in us. Thank you for what you've done with us and through us already. But Lord, we're looking to the future now. And we're saying, Lord, build your church. Use us in the process that you might be glorified. Lord Jesus, that you might be the most spoken about person in this city. The Lord, our headlines in the newspapers might be about what you are doing in the city, in this church and many others across it. Lord, we say, be glorified. Be lifted up. Be made famous that you might be worshipped and adored by men and women from every tribe and tongue and people group and nation. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to this Jubilee Church.